millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Roka Rapport Extra Podcast. We're back after another defeat, as we expected, <laughs> sort of. Um, we've got Benjamin Bloom, who I actually spoke to earlier in the season before we got twatted off it, so I tried to. <laughs> How are you doing, Benny? All right? Much happier for you mentioning the 5-2, literally the highlight of our entire season. I think it was probably our low light, but I said to you we get absolutely battered before that. To put some context into this, I went on Ben's podcast before we did the, the extra and did something similar from the opposite view and, and Ben couldn't quite believe how, how despondent and shite we were. But yeah, basically we uh, we ended up getting twatted Now I, I kind of felt like being like, I, I told you we were shite. <laughs> what are your memories of that game? Should we start on that? We can start there. First of all, my memories of the podcast with it i i did need some counseling after speaking to you because the um the levels of depression experienced on that podcast were, were very very high but no the, the the memories of the game you'd obviously just come down and i think most people were thinking well they're gonna settle and they've got decent players and you know the rot that had set in in the premier league was gonna stop at some point and we were kind of thinking okay good time to play because it's a tuesday night and you know grayson hasn't kind of got got sorted and um yeah it turns out i was wrong about all of those things and the i mean i'm sure you'll fill me in as we go through this chat about how the rot has um transferred from premier league down into the championship but yeah and it was the one game i mean maybe it was just because you guys weren't at it but it was the one game where we actually played some football and mick had just gone to this 4-2-3-1 formation um, for the first time and he just started all of Selena, Waghorn, McGoldrick and Garner and it all clicked and for one for one evening I kind of thought wow you know we, we could be onto something here we could be free-flowing attacking four forward guys on and this is going to be great obviously we lost to at home to Bristol City four days later, which put which put paid to that. But my, I suppose my my biggest memories. Um, Waghorn really announced himself. He was absolutely brilliant in that game. He he had three assists, and he should have had an assist for the for the McGoldrick goal as well. I remember McGeady being very good. He always plays well against us. But just surprised how easy it was. Um, you know, Ipswich have proved not to be an amazing team, but. Yeah, what about from your point of view? I just remember Jason Steele flapping about. I remember him sort of diving at the feet of whoever got the fourth. I think it was McGoldrick. McGoldrick, yeah. And I remember watching it back on, on the highlights and people telling me how bad it was. And I remember watching it and just going, oh, wow, I, I don't think I could have like wrote 
how bad that was if if I was asked to do it like a, the way he dramatically dives is just it, I can't quite explain what the fucking hell he was doing it was nuts but we we were rotten that night and I think uh, we, we had a poll of like the worst games the best games I think we had the choice of about four games in 2017 and we had the choice of about 45 games that for bad for the worst <laughs> game of the season and I think Ipswich away was definitely up there and I think I think we all expected a tough game but it's just something about that night was awful it was just it, it, and you mentioned McGeady before he's gone right off the boil I'll tell you actually one thing I remember a lot about that game afterwards Mick McCarthy kind of consoling Simon Grayson via a phone call a few days later that got in the news and Simon Grayson was like oh I like it it's all going to be all right because I was told that uh I was basically, I was told by Mick McCarthy that, you know, we didn't deserve to lose that 5-2. It was a lot closer. And everyone's like, all right, brilliant. If Mick McCarthy said so, then it wasn't 5-2, I guess. Fucking Grayson was, I mean, I don't know what it was like from the outside looking in, but he was just so woeful. So bloody woeful. It was it was surprising because the thing and I mean we mentioned this on on the pod earlier in the year the thing that I'd always thought about Grayson was that I just remember times at Preston when it wasn't going well and he'd just like do a complete shutdown and they would draw a few games keep a load of clean sheets and you know go on good runs so I was I was surprised it was so open I mean Mick's very much like that any manager he's always you know kind of he's very very good at ingratiating himself to the national press and other managers he does that very well he would claim that he's just being himself but he's very good at kind of saying the right thing and you know sticking by managers and he's always kind of had good things to say about Grayson but how much longer did he last after that after that game he lasted that was what was that October uh, that was I got it in front of me it's the 26th of September oh he lasted a month and four days he got sacked after literally about five minutes after he drew against Bolton at home when Bolton were like rock bottom and couldn't win a game he, he basically walked into the tunnel and apparently I was driving I was driving home from Cardiff we just lost 3-1 from Cardiff and that broke on the radio so it gave me some entertainment yeah. on a on a long drive back from from Cardiff but um yeah I was it was a absolute do you think that'll do for Grayson's reputation or do you think he'll be smart and stay out of it for a year or so and then get another championship job uh, I, I think when it comes to um the thing with Sunland is you know and, and we've seen it with David Moyes David Moyes was a disaster and I know we're not the best club to manage but Jesus Christ like that guy is some guy I'm just not a fan of in any way shape so the form and he created all of his own problems and he walked into a premiership job because everyone from the outside of Sunderland just says oh well it's an unmanageable club like we're as bad as we've ever been we've got like a bunch of 18 year olds playing in the team and Chris Coleman to be fair to him he's still getting results every third game or something <laughs> like that which is not going to keep us up nowhere near but Grayson couldn't get anything out of I mean what we weren't even drawn games really we were losing games and we won one in 17 or something under him was that away at Norwich yeah it was, excellent, it was work. Norwich, yeah. excellent work good for you <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to absolutely boss the championship at that point. I thought we were going to I come did. Down. I did too. Yeah, I thought, oh, Graben's going to score a load. Vaughan's going to fit in. McGeady will be the creative guy. You know, all these expensive Premier League players um, will realise, oh, this is really easy. I can look like Willy Bolly or Ruben, Ruben Neves every week and just swagger about. But it didn't turn out that way, did it? No. I mean, it, it was a weird one with Graben. He he scored quite a lot of goals. And I'm, I'm very Good much... player. Well, I'm very much pro-Graben, but he, he very much um, split the fan base down the middle because you'd had some fans like me that would say, well, he, he does what he's paid to do, stick the ball in the back of the net. But he, he kind of swaggered about like he was too big for the club. And I think... Um, did he get a move in the transfer window? Was it he's gone to Villa. He's gone to Villa on loan. 
alone, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, th- there's two trains of thoughts here. Like, realistically, he's 30-year-old. He's scored 12 goals in a, a, a shit team. And he probably wants one last crack at getting a, a decent move and a decent payday to finish his career because, you know, at 30, he might only have four or five seasons left in a maximum. And he, a move to Villa is probably quite good for him. I, I liked grabbing, but um, we brought in Ashley Fletcher, on loan yesterday, which really surprises me that he's actually six foot five. I, I thought he was like a, a young boy from Man United, but I think it's it's fair to remember like six months ago he was seven million pounds. He cost Middlesbrough, so he can't be too bad. Yeah, we were looking at him. Um, Mick wanted him on loan from it was West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mick wanted him on loan from West Ham, and then um, Burrow came in and bid seven million. So um, you know, there's obviously some money for some wages to cover Graben or um, Fletcher. So and you know, debut players are always kind of good for a goal, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I think, it, you know, we had quite a busy window yesterday, but we we were just discussing on, like, we have a, a writer's WhatsApp group and we were discussing how bad that transfer window was. I mean, you've got Jason Steele, which, well, we've touched on that. We've got Robin Reuter, who's the other goalkeeper, who's, I, honestly, our goalkeepers this season must have cost us about 30 goals. They're that bad. Like, so we've <laughs> got those two. Graben's buggered off. Uh, James Vaughan couldn't hit. I mean, James Vaughan was just horrific. I've seen some pretty bad strikers. I mean, John Stead, Josie Altador. Oh, we can do John Stead. Yeah, we'll show you on that one. Yeah. Oh, did you have John Stead? We had John Stead. Oh, yes. He's still playing, isn't he? Still play for someone down the leagues, Bradford or Berry or someone down Not there? Not County, I think. I, Not County. Wow. I did an interview with, uh, oh God, who was it? I think it was Liam Lawrence. And he was telling me he's he's still doing the doing the business down at Nottingham. Uh, sorry, at Notts County. Can I but, just say, Mick McCarthy mentioned Liam Lawrence in his press conference today day so that's a great shout oh why he always because he loves talking about Sunderland and Wolves um he got asked today um how did he reflect on his time at Sunderland and he was talking about how um, back then you could bring in Gary Breen or Liam Lawrence and it would make a big difference you know to your your team and you know he's kind of bemoaning the fact that you you apparently can't do that now. I mean we were discussing this today at work and um, I obviously live in Glasgow and spoke to her I was speaking to my my manager who's a Rangers fan and we were talking about transfer fees and I said oh I've got loan players in surely there must be someone available for a bit of money but he went six months ago Sonny Aluku went to Reading for 7 million mate the money's gone mental and you've got none of it and it was just like when you think of the money that people spend these days he's he's probably right I mean the good thing with McCarthy is I've interviewed a lot of players from Mick McCarthy's time and you know Danny Collins um, John Stead eh, not John Stead sorry Liam Lawrence uh, Andy Welsh and and not one of them have had a bad thing to say and they all all say pretty much the same thing it's almost boring you know what you're going to get because they just say very honest bloke like suited him as soon as he came in the door and I think before Coleman came in and I mean I, I love Chris Coleman I think he's unfortunately he's I don't know what he can do with this shit pit of a team but um I think before that I would have been quite happy with even maybe McCarthy coming back and I know I'm going to get shot at for that but yeah, I thought he was alright when he was here. he got the club as best he could yeah I mean he um, he got asked about it earlier in the season and um, I, I think I think his reply was something to the effect of oh if the timing was right of course I'd go of course I'd go back to Sunderland but um, just going back to what you were saying about 
the players. He's just he's just quite a clever operator, and you can see why players would like him. He you know he just kind of obviously says the right thing at the right time to whoever whoever needs to hear it. Do, do you know what I mean? I, I really like Mick McCarthy, but the, the funny thing about Mick McCarthy is I, I honestly feel you know Sesame Street. <laughs> um, I don't profess myself to be an expert, but go on. Well, I was an avid fan as a, a young boy, um, <laughs> and I watched. Uh, I used to watch, and he always reminds me of Beaker. If anyone watches Sesame Street, or if you don't watch Sesame Street, or you didn't, or you has Beaker got a monobrow? He's got a monobrow, like a kind of red, sort of orangey, spongy nose with this kind of black hair. The black hair is a, a bit of an off putter because obviously he's, he's grey as they come. But yeah, he looks an awful lot like Beaker. He even kind of talks like him a little bit. I kind of, I really like Mick McCarthy, and I thought he, he took a good part in Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but there we are. Um, which, uh, one thing I was going to ask, I think it's it's probably top of the agenda on transfer deadline day. I was looking through through your transfers and there wasn't a great deal in January, was there? Oh, did, didn't you hear we say so we've taken Neymar from PSG, um, well. Lewandowski from... <laughs> no, um, it's... <laughs> It's just an absolute, absolute kind of pantomime at the moment. So um, to preface this, McCarthy's contract runs out in the summer. They've not said, they've both him and Marcus Evans have got this thing where they're not going to tell anybody what's happening. And um, so we're all trying to guess based on what happens in the transfer window. And um, there were some rumours about the goalie going to Crystal Palace. That didn't happen. There were some rumours about um, McGoldrick. His contract is up and we don't have an option on him. There's rumours him going out and once Bolton got the Gary Medine money yesterday, they came in. And I've got a funny feeling if that transfer had gone through a couple of days earlier, I think Bolton would have probably had to stump up the cash. But um, I think they just kind of ran out of time on that one. So we bought in Gleeson, who's a classic McCarthy signing because he had him at Wolves and, you know, free contract from Birmingham to try and get off there wages um there's a young guy coming from non-league there's a guy coming from france um yeah just not a lot really happening and then yesterday um mustafa carayal who played up your neck of the woods uh for Middlesbrough, he's come in um so we thought that was the key for mcgoldrick to go because mcgoldrick's been playing on the right um so he got bought in but they're all short-term contracts um as if to say just keep everything tidy till the end of the season and um you know part ways there the only any big one was Kiefer Moore who um we bought in for 70 grand from I can't remember Forest Green to no Torquay last season he was utterly terrible for we played like 80 minutes in 11 sub appearances and was was really bad bless him um just not up to championship went on loan to Rotherham and smashed in a load of goals and um they cashed in on him he went to Barnsley for three quarters of a million so it could have been could have been a lot worse none of the star players got pilfered but very um very kind of business as usual and underwhelming. We didn't manage to get rid of Jack Rodwell. Um, that was probably, I mean, even Jason Steele was meant to go to Derby, which is absolutely nuts because, I mean, I, I don't know anyone who would want Jason Steele. Um, and then Derby wanted him. And then they said the move had fell through. And I felt like that the reason for that is maybe just they found their brains and thought, what are <laughs> doing here? 
Um, but Rodwell stayed, although Rod- Rodwell could quite possibly go because we've offered to rip up his contract. Apparently, uh, Chris Coleman today said he was offered a very good loan move, but he turned it down. So, yeah, that, that interview he did about just wanting to play football, it's not about the money. Yeah, probably bollocks, as we imagined. Um, and what, then, to another uh, championship club, do you think? Yeah, he said it was, a, he actually, I think he mentioned it. I could be wrong on this, but I'm sure that Coleman said that he he turned down a very good move, a lo- another good loan move to a, a good championship team or mm. a solid championship something like that um but we've still got Kone here three transfer windows down the line after he has to leave uh Didier and Dong went um oh he finally loan. went did he he went on loan to to Watford with an obligation to buy which, which just drove me crazy not because I love Didier and Dong I I actually don't care about Didier and Dong at all um but the situation with Dong is as follows basically we signed Didier Dong for 13 million. I would imagine in installments, um, and we wouldn't stump up the cash for Yanam Vila, who is a class act, one of the best midfielders I've seen at the club in recent times, because his contract was up in four to five months. And I understand that <clears throat> they didn't want to sign Jan and Vila because his contract was up in less than six months and it was the, the Russians were waiting to, to get a bit of money and they were asking something extortionate. And I understand buying someone with, you know, um, in, in installments who was young. But the problem you've got is that we've wasted money right, left and centre. So why we decided to be careful with the guy that we knew was good and risk it on the 21 year old and a season and a half later when he's gone on loan to bloody Watford. It's not exactly a step up. I mean, it is a premiership, but I mean, if you're signing someone at the age of 21, one and he's going to another premiership club you for him to have done well you want him to be going to a club that's actually on the up and Watford seem to be coming back on the way down with the manager being sacked and all that it's just a mess our recruitment's terrible it, it has been for seasons on end uh, what, what do you think of Fletcher then Ashley Fletcher yeah mm, you know what I'd, I'd love to form this opinion on him um but it's got to the point where the players we signed recently I'm just like who is who have we signed? You know, I mean, who, who is this guy? There's a guy from Liverpool we've brought in, and, and one of the the lads at works a Liverpool fan, and he watched the the youth teams, and he said he's a great player. But I, I, I mean, we signed Lee Camp as a goalkeeper. I know nothing about him. Oh, he's played hundreds of games, Lee Camp, hasn't he? Well, we we wanted Lonigan. Um, that was that was basically done. Um, as far as I'm aware, and, and, and there was a hurdle. I think we we couldn't get over whatever that may be I don't know um, but we, we basically just needed a new goalkeeper I mean Jordan Pickford with with like half an arm would have probably been better than the two useless <laughs> buggers we've got right now but um, yeah it, 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 it's not been great I just oh, got Fletcher up Graham sorry yeah, I mean he made oh. three three starts for Borough 13 um, 13 subs one goal one assist so it, it would be 446 minutes but all in virtually yeah. all in all in sub things so it would be pretty hard to form an opinion on that yeah I mean uh, <clears throat> the thing with um, the thing with Fletcher I guess is that he's he's a big boy six foot five he's young athletic is from what I've been told and obviously he's he's highly rated I mean seven millions probably in that in the realm of crazy transfers but he must have something and I mean we've lost Vaughan we've lost grabbing I mean I'm, I say we lost Vaughan it's it's like you know we didn't really lose anything with Vaughan going um, but you can't really rely on Joel Asora who I think's 17, 18, I think 18, and, and Josh Madger, who's 18 as well. You don't want to be resting your 
out of fairness to them and not that they're not good enough but you, you can't be saying to a two eighteen year olds go and keep us in this league it's just not fair it's too much pressure absolutely um Talking about sort of Ipswich, I've been looking through sort of your form. I always keep an eye on Ipswich. We discussed this before, and I always bring it up. I wrote an article about it. I remember I always I always hated Ipswich because they broke my heart in '98 when I was like oh, 11. Two 0 yeah. I never forget that. I never bloody Alex Matthew, ex Mag, David Johnson missed an penalty. I remember it like it was yesterday. My dad came in really drunk and launched a loaf of bread at the TV trying to hit <laughs> David Johnson. It was traumatic as an 11 year old, but um, there you go. Um, but I was looking through your results, and it's weird. The more been doing these extra podcasts the more i've been looking back at the last five results it's kind of a thing i like to do i think it gives you good judge of form um and every team's just all over the shop i'm like oh they won last week oh they got oh they drew and it's like there's no team apart from wolves that are just like hammering everyone like how's your form been recently it's all over the shop it seems yeah um there's been obviously we scored a load of points they won the first five games um on the trot so they scored an absolute ton of points to begin with and then picked up another couple of wins um in September against um, Sunderland and um, Bolton. So they had seven wins by the end of September. And then there was another little period um, end of November where they won three out of four. Other than that, it's been very kind of, um, very sort of patchy. Um, The last five games, um, the, the problem has been since we beat Forest 4-2 the goals have just completely dried up um, lost 2-0 against Middlesbrough beat Reading 2-0 in one of those weird McCarthy games where Reading had 87% possession and we had four shots and uh, Waghorn sent in a couple of free kicks got them 2-0 in those last games we have played Wolves twice and lost 1-0 to them twice um, Fulham we lost uh, I mean if you look at them we played Wolves Leeds and beat Leeds um, Fulham died Derby and Wolves twice in the last sort of eight to 10 games. So it has been a hard run. And if you look at the next ones coming up, Sunderland, Burton, obviously Norwich is an outlier. That's form out the window. Cardiff will be hard, but then Preston, Hull. Um, so maybe there's an easier run. Um, I I wasn't worried until this period, only because there's just been a couple of games. We drew nil nil at home to QPR and one one at home to Bolton, and both games were went back to last year where they were just dirge. You know, both teams playing direct, um, and you get these passages of clearance. Header, slice, clearance, throw in, clearance, <laughs> header, header. We, we, we get we get that, but we don't get the clearance. But we normally get like <laughs> long ball overhead, fast little striker that nobody knows in behind O'Shea, bottom corner. That's what we normally get. <laughs> At the Bolton game, Graham. Um, I don't mind watching Ipswich lose if they, um, if the other team, you know, play through them and it's entertaining. But when the football is just awful and both teams, I just end up yelling at the pitch <laughs> like a madman. Right. And that was one of those games where it's just like, can any of you 22 guys not pass the ball for the proper championship stuff? So a couple of those have come back in. And um, if I'm being really negative, um, we beat Leeds. Leeds had a guy sent off after like half an hour, 32 minutes or something like that and we we ground them out and beat them 1-0 so even the one win in that period was against was against 10 men so it's it's not been very good recently and um obviously waghorn has dried up since his he got got to 10 goals in double quick time and then just 
stopped. Oh, is it? I, I, funnily enough, it's um, it's kind of like a soft brag. I think this. I'm not sure if it is, but I, Martin Wagon went to my school a few years below me. Um, so I've always kept an eye on on what he what he does and what he did. Um, I think he used to live in my street, but I kind of knew his, his brother more weirdly enough in a kind of really roundabout sort of way. And when he came up to Rangers, obviously living in Glasgow, it was kind of the big thing for me. And he started well, and then they got promoted, didn't do too well, and then we got linked to him, and he ended up going to you lot. And I'll be honest, I was like, no, nah, I, I want better than that and then he kind of just seemed to be scoring out of nowhere but I've noticed that I haven't seen his name on the, the, the scoring charts recently is it is it just is he going through one of those patches or has he kind of shown his true form and he's not doing that well um difficult to say so there's there's a couple of theories there's a horrible theory that players come to Ipswich with kind of freedom and start well and then they get Mick McCarthy'd and they end up more worried about tracking the midfield the back and put putting a shift in as as he says <laughs> yeah. um, I remember Grant Ward scored a hat trick on his on his debut when we when we signed him and you kind of think wow this is going to be amazing and you know he kind of got mixed um but what I will say is um even though his goals have dried up he has actually been one of the most important players he um since the goals did um I think his last one was in November he's basically set up all the other goals from his free kicks and I think his drop in form coincides with the team kind of reverting to real kind of McCarthy cautiousness and even though he hasn't been scoring I'm looking down um he's set up or had a hand in most of the most of the goals but a lot of them have been set plays hopefully it's not that he he looked a really good player and obviously in that he was fantastic against you guys and you know we thought we'd got a got a real good one but it'd be be good to see him start banging the goals in again although if he's still providing the assists and um Garner's scoring or uh, Selena or McGoldrick then doesn't matter so much but you may be right hopefully hopefully you're wrong but you may be right that he he's regressing to his level now hope not I was looking at his, his stats his stats are actually really quite impressive they're very um, good yeah like 2060 minutes 10 goals 7 assists and most of those are from really good corners and corners and free kicks as well and then you've got Joe Garner on 9 goals as well and Selena's on 7 Selena's only 21 though I didn't realise he was that young Oh, Selena's a yeah. He's a he's a Man City loney um, who uh. who would probably be about their fiftieth choice player, but is easily Ipswich's kind of most. Um, I wouldn't say he's Ipswich's best player, but definitely one. A few of his goals have been like twenty five yarders and dribbling round guys and smashing them in. But obviously, he spent the first two months getting getting McCarthy'd and. Um, you know, <laughs> bless him as well, because he played. I always feel sorry for these guys that play down the same side as where the dugout is, because he gets shouted at by a lot of people um, from the bench down there. But I think he's he's kind of bought into the spirit of it, and I, I think the way these guys have got to look at it is like Tom Lawrence um, came last year. He got eleven goals, eleven assists. He was he was really good, and you know he's probably got a really nice paying contract from from Derby and that loan thing set him up he may he may get promoted even if he doesn't get promoted he's still going to be a highly functioning championship player and he can make a good a good living and have a good career based on that so i, I think a lot of them look at the loan moves like that especially to some somewhere like Ipswich where they're kind of going to be the star player i was looking through your your team list and i've just remembered a, a bloke we caught about not too long ago and he was your big your big summer signing i think is it a, a- Mia Hughes what 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 happened oh no so um he 
he came on loan last season um and he was he was really good we didn't have anything in midfield and he's he's kind of like a mix between a, a sort of creative playmaker and a box to box guy because he's quite sort of physical and gets about the pitch but he's got a good touch and he's a good passer as well um he started the season mysteriously injured we were told um he wasn't going to be operated on and he was going to have some strange treatment that Mick wouldn't say what it was I don't know if it was like the Van Persie horse placenta thing or some Papa Shango healing or some <laughs> nonsense nonsense like that so he comes back he comes into the team um plays well because he's a good player um and then just out of nowhere he he's chasing a ball down against Middlesbrough um turns funny and I think Mick thought it was his hip but he completely bust i forget what it was we've had so many injuries but he's out yeah and he's he's out for the season and just to mention that ted bishop is out for the season andre dazelle is out for the season and emmy hughes and they're all center midfielders as well so just had that that whole section of the team completely ripped out so yeah i was excited about emmy hughes but maybe next season hey yeah uh, i mean for, if, i've Trying to think of if we could benefit from your midfield being basically all injured and oh, we just miss it out though, Graham. We just uh, we stick Colskews in there in front. He's very clever and you know he's a he's like the embodiment of McCarthy as a player. You know, he never gives the ball away because he never plays a pass he can't do. Always in the right place. He can. Um, it, there'll be a point on Saturday where one of your guys will be favourite in a fifty-fifty. He'll just stand in the way let the guy run into him and win a free kick and you'll shout at the ref saying you just got diddled by that guy he's just quite clever and then we'll have Callum Connolly who's I have a theory that um, any Premier League fullback can play centre midfield in the Championship he's like an Everton fullback and he's you know you're you're fundamentally sound enough and young enough and fit enough and they'll just they'll just be in there spoiling it um Unless he puts Gleason in as well, it will just be um, the bank of six trying to feed the um, the guys up front, and they won't come to. Connolly will make the odd burst forward, but they won't come too far off base. They're primarily defensive rather than creative. I mean, we like uh, that's that's a worrying thing with us. I can see Coleman himself as well. He has this. Yeah, he, he's not he's not like McCarthy, but he has got a kind of a safety first. I mean, we had we hadn't kept a clean sheet all season under Grayson and he's had Coleman's had five since he's come in so he's definitely showed that up but the problem he was, he have, was a good defender wasn't he yeah yeah great defender actually when you when you look back and we've obviously got Kit Simons there as well which I think was I guess defensive partner I think at Wales mm. and Fulham as well I think and Fulham yeah um so obviously it's, it's weird because we either keep the clean sheet or we we hemorrhage goals and we hemorrhage them in like 10 minutes we, we I mean we played against Birmingham the other night and, and just when you think you've turned the corner we like we beat Hull we beat Fulham earlier uh, in the season and, and then you, you come up it will be Forest uh, for example and then you come up against like Sheffield United off form you get twatted 3-0 got beat 3-1 off Birmingham 4-0 off Cardiff and I mean I think a lot of Southern fans do accept where we are but it, it's it's kind of hot to stomach when you see stuff like that but sometimes we, we actually perform defensively quite well but it, I'd almost kind of prefer us to be conceding just one per game as opposed to having a clean sheet and then conceding three and four the next one because there's just no cohesion with or no consistency with it. It's weird. Can I can I play devil's advocate with you though, Graham? Um, what I found watching Burton in the Championship the last couple of years, you've got more chance 
staying up if you can keep the odd clean sheet. At some point in this season, Burton will win three games on the trot or one nil. And the teams down the bottom are always so bad points wise that you're better off being able to win, like you said, one game in three and get the three pointers rather than, do you know what I mean? There, yeah. there is actually a school of thought that if he's got it in him to have those clean sheets and you can do whole one nil, uh, what have you, and you can do that five or six times, you probably you probably stay up because the a lot of these teams down the bottom, they, they, they just never win. I know it sounds like stating the bleeding obvious, but yeah. the teams down the bottom of leagues are <laughs> normally really bad. And if you can just win a few games, you, you tend to get out of it. So it could actually could actually work in their favour. I don't know if you're buying that logic. <laughs> No, I, I I think it's a it's a good logic to have. Now look at the games that we've we've won. Uh, he came in and we beat Burton two nil. Um, we beat we've beat Fulham one nil. We've beat Hull one nil. We've beat Nottingham Forest one nil. And he's won another game. Uh, we we actually drew nil nil at Wolves, which is not sure what happened there. Um, with weirder. Um, and he's he's won another. I'm sure he's won five. I could be wrong and get shot for thinking this because I couldn't think who it is. But he's won two of the games at home. But most of the games we've one of being like by the the one goal and you know what that sounds that's that sounds like McCarthy that sounds like good coaching you know when when the good in-game coaching do you know what I mean when yeah. you're when when you're in a game and we were having a chat the other day about uh all McCarthy's best. If you if you took McCarthy's best wins as Ipswich manager, they'd all be one nil away wins because they're all games where we've been the underdog and he's been tweaking stuff from the sides and um you know and then you've snatched a goal and then he's made the right put the right guys in the right spots and maybe maybe Coleman's got that him and from from all the ones you decided like one nil away at, at Forest or one nil at home to Hull or sneaking one past Fulham. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like good coaching. I mean with uh you know the, the one thing I am positive about there's, there's not a lot that I am and, and I think it's it's got gradually better since we last spoke if I'm honest because I didn't see any way out of it but I'm still I'm still I think we're going down I'm pretty confident we're going down but it's not because of Coleman uh, I, I feel I feel like Chris Coleman's the man we should have had it like a long time ago but right man wrong time because he's just got nothing to spend bless him um, and, and he doesn't not, have Gareth Bale anymore does he well that doesn't help either no he's got he's got <laughs> Joel Osoro who I uh, <laughs> never know uh, um, but you've got like it's like he, he literally has to play kids and you know what the kids have done alright like they've, they've done a job and the likes of people like Adam Matthews have really stepped up And but when, when you look at the team I mean I looked at the team on uh, I looked at the team on, on Tuesday against Birmingham and he, he had Reuter in goal he was there by default because Steele is so shit like Reuter's terrible he cost us I think at least two of the goals you could say definitely one of them and it's not the first time he's done it he's still got Billy Jones in that team I mean Adam Matthews is alright O'Shea was injured Kone's just came back from injury and there was loads of stuff about Kone saying he's been really impressed with Coleman and he, he really wants to like um, showcase that he, you know he wants to be here and uh, get get a move in the summer or in January by by good performances for us and he was just absolutely crap on Tuesday <laughs> like he just was so poor and I mean he's like one of those shops that has a closing down sale and oh. never closes down. Yeah, I mean the thing, the thing with the thing with Kone is like there's there's we keep saying as fans, oh, but he's he is he is our best defender. He is our best defender because when he was there under Allardyce next to Kabul, he was absolutely excellent. He was really, really good. And I spoke to, uh, funny, I, I spoke to Pascal Chimbonda a few months ago and we discussed Kone. And I said, you know, I said, w- w- 
what's your thoughts on the team and so on and so forth? And he was saying about Kone and he was saying, you know, he's like, but when he had another Frenchman next to him guiding him, it was very different. He said he's got Kabul next to him who speaks the same language. Kabul's older, experienced, strong. And Kone was excellent for those six months. And people keep going back and go, oh, but yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's lost form, but we know he has that in him. I've actually never seen in my off the top of my head, if I'm honest, Kone have a good game for 18 months. It sounds like as well, it was probably systemic as well. If Allardyce was there, it was probably, you know, he probably just had to follow the instructions and, um, yeah. you know, play within the, the framework, which is normally pretty defensive with Allardyce, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he, he percentage football with Allardyce. I, I, I loved Big Sammy was, was perfect for us. But um, with, with Kone, it, it, it was weird because he, he started going back on Instagram and, and Twitter and all that and posting all this claptrap basically and everyone kind of was like oh whatever but then there was rumours coming out that he was enjoying being back at the club and yes he wanted to leave but he wanted to, to get a move based on performances for Sunderland and he was posting like Instagram stories going to see the under 18s play and you, you know you had a hand in room for that and I was I wouldn't say I was excited for Kone coming back I thought you know maybe if his head's in the right place at this level he might not be as good as he was 18 months ago but he might be alright but he was terrible he's all I mean we actually missed John O'Shea I'm so sick of saying that because <laughs> John O'Shea's terrible but when he goes out the team we miss him I don't know what it is because he's never that great and I've never really loved him but there's a point about O'Shea that when he goes out the team sometimes we just everything falls to bits and we've got a young boy from Chelsea uh, Jake Clark Salter who John Terry's talked up probably because he wants to fire into his girlfriend um, <laughs> and we've got Tyus Browning who I like Tyus I do, I do like him and I think he's he's very raw um, but he, he can have a stinker I mean one of the lads was talking about statistically the other day on Tuesday he played I think it was 12 long balls and I think like two of them hit the target. I think he's he's his possession stats were like thirty three percent or something. And like we'll be able to get the accurate stats on that, but it, it was pretty shit. But then he can have a, a really good game on, on like another an, at another point. And then I, I think when O'Shea's there, it's probably quite good for the young boys. But then O'Shea played against Cardiff and we got beat four 0 So it's like I, I just think there's there's nothing. You say oh maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that, but nothing works. It, the, the team needs a total revamp of attitude of character and it just the whole team needs pilfering of all the crap that's inside of it because quality wise is just not good enough it's it's not good enough on quality let alone attitude and the atmosphere around the place so i just had to go on john o'shea's wikipedia he's won five league titles an fa cup <laughs> three league cups ua for champions league and the fifa world cup <laughs> yeah it's it, what... he makes alan shearer look like john garner <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, Shearer, 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 Shearer. Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to pick a, a amazing player who didn't win many trophies. I just think of uh, big Weetabix head whenever I think of Shearer. <laughs> okay, Matt Letizia. Um, Matt Letizia, yeah. Well, he was the one who always done them. He always done the mag. So, yeah, I'll take Matt Letizia any time of the week. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting one with O'Shea because you know he's he does sometimes have some really good games. Like he, but every season we start, we're like, right, we've got to start changing O'Shea because he's ninety six year old and he's only got half a leg. Um, and yet he, he continues to get in the team. But the, the one time he didn't get in the team was probably when we played best, and it was when Kone came in next to Kabul. I honestly sometimes when I think back, uh, Eunice Kabul being sold, I sometimes think that that was like the pivotal moment of us like going to shit because I don't know what it was with Kabul he wasn't even that good when he came Allardyce took over and he was like continuously fit and then all of a sudden he wanted to leave go back home for a multitude of reasons God knows what it was Kone turned to shit also wanted to leave the whole 
team turned to shy. Allardyce went, Moyes came in, everything went dour. He was wanting to hit female reporters. We got relegated and now we're bottom of the championship. Um, I when, you, when you put it into like bullet point moments, you can have some you can have some pretty good threads on just like mental summoned moments and decisions of the past like five seasons. But it's the hope you can't stand to coin a, uh, to coin a famous phrase. But yeah, I think um, I, I've been depressed on this for a few weeks. But the weird thing is when I, when I do this, we actually sometimes win a game um how how are you seeing saturday going are you, are you nervous um well i mean you've managed to beat fulham and you've managed to beat hull i mean it's which are obviously more similar to hull than they are to um fulham although probably a bit harder to play against than hull um i don't think we've ever won at the stadium of light since it's been built i don't know whether that means anything but um so there's that there we're not in good form the away forms the away forms not great but if you look at the table we should be able to give you a game because um you know we have a lot more points and um uh, further up the table um i don't know it's 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 hard it's hard to be optimistic 16 years in the in the championship um and normally when i'm when i'm not sure it's gonna you know you kind of resigned to the fact it's going to be a draw that if if it was earlier in the season and we were we were scoring a lot of goals and and, um, a bit more free. Um, I would probably back us to to do something and to get a win. But the the problem is, is that I can't see us scoring two goals. Um, so if we're going to win, it will be a stinky one nil. Um, do you know what? I can see it being one one on the basis that I think both teams are capable of taking the lead, but neither are capable of keeping it. Um, so yeah, and often you get to this point in the season, and McCarthy goes into very pragmatic kind of draw mode. You know, it's like he's got something to lose now, um, and he's he's happy with a point everywhere. So um, love to see us, love to see us win, love to see us push on a bit, and you know, guarantee top half of the table. But um, I think if you said to Mick Sunderland at home and Burton, uh, sorry, Sunderland away, Burton at home, four points for the two, he'd be, yep, I'm having that. So um, I think I'll go for a draw. I quite, I didn't realise you'd. Never won at the stadium of light. I was I, honestly, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. Obviously, when the stadium of light was built, you didn't lose there for about eight years. Um, oh, those were the days. Those were. Oh, yeah. I remember the first game we drew two-two, and yep. Kieran, Kieran Dyer, Bobby yeah. Petter scored. I remember Mark Venus marking Niall Quinn for twenty-five minutes, and him scoring in that season when you scored two hundred points. Um, in the Premier League, um, we lost four-one in our really good season, and. In the season we got relegated, we lost to um we lost to everyone, and then obviously for the sixteen years we were in the championship, you were in the Premier League for most of them, and then when you came down, you were generally getting promoted with either with either Keane or um McCarthy or McCarthy, weren't you? So yep. over since the stadium's been open, you've generally been better than us let me get their head to no, me... I think I think you're right because we even played you in the FA Cup and Danny Diccio scored I've Danny got Diccio the lads will laugh at this when they hear this back especially when they're editing it because I'm like a bloody encyclopedia I could tell you the minute they scored in and what year it was I'm, I'm a real saddo and a stato is, is, if you remember the name um, when it comes to like uh, like Sunderland results and I, I think I remember the Ipswich game um, yeah we've never won I've got it up yeah I've got it up here never, never beaten there's a, yeah, and there's a five nil in there as well. Oh, when you beat us? No. Oh yes. Oh god, the Finney yeah. George one. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. January, I think it was, wasn't it? With January. Uh, 29th December 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was something like that. We got we got absolutely battered. I think it was 4 0 at half time or something. 4 0 like half time. Yeah. We, it, I wish we'd have played 10 minutes in four games rather than that first half because that was the year we went we went down and it's never been the same since. But yeah, we've never, I mean, like I say, if you think about it, Sunderland have generally been better than Ipswich since the stadium has been built. So I was, uh, it's funny, I was, we, we interviewed um, Kevin Ball, I mean, a, a couple of lads. We interviewed him a couple of times, obviously, Bally, absolute legend, love him, uh, fantastic fellow. And we were talking about like um, the time when Ipswich were obviously very good, but you just couldn't seem to quite get over the, couldn't quite get over that hurdle. And we were talking about like people that he thought was like the best players that he came up against. And he mentioned Kieran Dyer and Matty Holland from that period. And I remember them both being just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Matty Holland scored an absolute screamer against us in that one where we beat you 2 1 when we got promoted under should have been sent should have been sent off in that game he was yeah. one of the one of the fairest players I've ever seen play but he had this weird slide tackle in motion where um, he kind of went in sort of diagonally and he absolutely clattered Alex Ray and I, I think that was kind of previous good character um, and he didn't get the red card but yeah and then he smashed yeah. one in the top corner didn't he he's an absolute beauty it, it, it pings off the bar I've just wrote an article uh, about it and I've just stuck the video on that and this and I get edit unless I get to edit it out but that was that we were both good teams then and it's weird even though we were both championship teams I remember those days like better than some of the premiership days of, of recent years it was both two good well-drilled teams full of like hard work effort and we were we were talented young teams like and Holland. that was that was in the days like when like McCarthy <clears throat> says where you can take Nicky Summerby or Jodie Craddock or you know whoever and they'll yeah. they'll change your team and you don't have to you don't have to spend an absolute fortune and yeah it was always always those two teams up up the top there wasn't it I remember um I remember when he eventually did get promoted and we'd been there a couple of seasons and I really weirdly remember Darren Holloway playing central midfield and I remember fat ass Titus Bramble like running the length of the pitch. oh my god that was <laughs> we we thought we had the new Kevin Beatty honestly that was a hell of a goal wasn't yeah. it he was Titus was weird he, he get he gets a wrap up here as well right but for like six months he was pretty good but then he got sent off it well I'm saying six months he, he was all right for a while but we we beat Chelsea 3-0 at Stamford Bridge like when they were like champions and they hadn't been beaten at home in, in seasons and we had Michael Turner and Titus Bramble at centre off. If he'd have had it switched on up up top, he'd he'd have played loads of times for England because yeah. you know Titus he could right. he could he could he could play but um he tended to need to have sort of Tony Mowbray next to him telling him what to do. Um and when he didn't he yeah bless him he did some He was like a lovable little idiot wasn't he? Sorry oh, Titus if you're listening. No but bless him you, you knew that there would be a time where where, and it wouldn't just be a kind of indiscriminate mistake where he'd completely like swing a volley at a clearance and miss it and fall over and or you know play a square pass straight to a forward he just had that dis- self-destruct and there's certain players who you know you just talked about Kevin Ball who would just never do that if they played 400 games they would never ever do that and you know that Titus is going to do one every 30 every games day. or whatever yeah. yeah it was every other week at one point with us he got so fat towards the end <laughs> There's a photo of him. If you Google it, it's, it's Danny Graham and it's Titus Brown with Danny Graham when he was at Swansea. And I don't know what Titus is doing, but he 
he just he's huge. I mean, he was never a little lad, but he looks like his gut is just hanging. I mean, <laughs> not not like Julian. Le- I mean, I can't say anything, right? He was still like an athlete. He's still in the better shape than I am, but I'm not paid thirty grand a week. Um, but t- Titus was that like lovable little idiot. Like it was like even the photo. I'm just looking at it just now. I'm like looking at it and I'm just thinking, oh bless, you just wanted a couple of extra burgers, you know. But, um, <laughs> Titus was a funny one, but you're right in what you're saying. If he had been a little bit more switched on, because when he was good, Titus was really good, and people were laughing at listening back, but there's some bloody games he was brilliant. It's absolutely superb, but as soon as that, I mean, for example, when he first came to us, pleasantly, surprisingly quite good, but then we played Newcastle, we went two goals down in the first half, and he just lost his head. And the, the, the big problem him. for him is, as, as much as, obviously, <laughs> I love Sir Bobby, he went into a dressing room with Bellamy, Boyer, yeah. Dyer. Um, he just went to the wrong place if he'd gone you know if he'd had Sam Allardyce manage him like you said he probably would have had an, you know probably would have had an amazing career and then he would have maybe even gone up to a, well, I suppose Newcastle was a top six team then but you know it was still a bit of a train wreck wasn't it yeah we'll see, they, they, they were quite good under uh, under Bobby Robson as much as a pain to me to say but um, when <laughs> talking about Kieran Dye I can't believe I, and you mentioned Lee Boy I can't believe I forgot that fight well we had Lee Boyer as well um, oh you had Boyer so you did so one you of did. Paul Jules decided to this is why Marcus Evans never spends any money anymore because Paul Jules spent so much of it on Jimmy Bullard Lee Boyer and Tamas Priskin and um, Lee Martin I think from Man United Lee Martin yeah sunk without a trace uh, over 2 million oh my god that yeah that's and pretty... look if we spent 2 million today there'd be an open top bus thing in Ipswich do you know what I mean As, yeah. I think when they bought and Mick says it wasn't a million but when they signed Garner um, if it was a million it was the first million pound signing in five years so two million would be wow you know see I, I don't get how teams manage that you see we we, we moan about like what we spent we spent 1.25 million on 10 players in the summer and people said oh you know like you spend that money you get rubbish but I spoke to a few teams like I spoke to a Cardiff fan the other week spoke to yourself and you can spend small money and still make a fist of it in this division it's not the money you spend it's how shite your recruitment is and that's our big problem I think I think the issue is that you know you're talking about the ridiculous fees I think what happens now is if a player is unproven in the championship you can get them for under a million or whatever but the second someone is proven in the championship like for example um, we've got Adam Webster who's a centre-half, he's English, he's 22, 23, and he's played 40 championship games. If he gets up to 100 games he'll be worth like 5 million. Um, and like, if you have a goal scorer, any goal scorer now who scores 20 in the championship is worth, what do you reckon, 5 million, 8 million, like Hugel straight away. So it's, How much did he go for, Hugel? Because I've just seen that before. 9, nine million, I think. But Gary Medine was 8 million apparently. It's 6 million, 2 million add-ons. Like I'm not in, insane. Insane. But, like, they, but they think that, I can understand Asom Belonga because that's five years of yeah. evidence that he can do it. Whereas people like Medine and um, uh, Hugel or whatever, there's like one year of evidence that they can that they can do it. And okay, you might be buying potential, but I, I think that's the thing. And if you go to Scottish League or the leagues below or um, young Premier League players, you know, who aren't going to get a game there, you can get them a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot cheaper. But as soon as someone does something in the championship then away you go bosh I mean good good luck to the good luck to the guys and I'd, uh, it'd just be nice if because you're never going to be able to compete unless one of your guys ends up being sold I mean I suppose we had Tyrone Mings go for 8 million but that was before it went mad he, yeah. he'd probably be worth 12 million now you know which is 
when you think we mentioned Shearer again, you know, Shearer was 15 million and that was the world world record. And, and it was mad you know, at the time, but it was now so, he was so proven as much as it pains me to say that he wears a special hat, does Alan Shearer? Um, begins with a W, inside joke. Um, <laughs> but um, he, yeah, I mean, Shearer, I don't want to really say it, but like I'm recorded, but yeah, Shearer was at the top striker in the, in, in the world. In the world, that. yeah. And, and now any prem, any Premier League player is 15 million any yeah like I mean say, if you look at Jordan Henderson if we're talking about buying potential Henderson went for 16 million only about what six seven year ago maybe mm. um, and he's like one of the he, he captains England on and off now. Yeah. He's, he's one of the I mean people might disagree with me on this but Hendo plays for one of the biggest clubs in England he plays consistently for England he's captained both of them he'll finish with 350 Premier League games as well easily um, he's been worth every penny that Liverpool have spent on him when you when you look at it over the run and how much would he be now if I mean Henderson had been in our team for a couple of seasons when he went and performing well Jordan Pickford who I love had half a season because he was injured and wasn't in team at the start and he was 30 million and we even we were like I don't think that's enough and I still don't because um, he's going to be England's number one the way the money's gone is just crazy but you know we, we'll make do with our loan signings and our free transfers mm. of uh, whichever person we find in the crowd which essentially is what we've done with the goalkeeping situation which brings me on a question that I always like to end on actually and we were talking about this last week me and me and the guy who edits it Sean he's, he's laughing his head off because I asked this question every week and everyone every opposition fan starts this question by going um but <laughs> if you could take anyone from Sunderland's team who would you have and why God um... <laughs> I told you <laughs> Well, Kone would be an obvious one, um, just purely because he's apparently your best player, but seems to have a bad attitude. Um, I would have said what more because he seemed to be the kind of young, excited one. Maybe Honeyman. He seems to. Um, he Ooh, seems to have Honeyman's you know, a. I like George Honeyman. I like him a lot. Yeah, but that, come out. That, that will cause friction in the people listening to this. There's a big set of the fan base that just don't seem to like him. But he's always oh, well, a, I'll, I'll, and I'll bow to their superior knowledge. Um, always uh, a six out of ten for me. I always think he's a six out of ten. He, he never gives less than that. He's but I like George Honeyman. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right here and now. I agree with you. I like George Honeyman a lot. Um, Michael Gray, Lee Clark, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Phillips, Alan Johnston. Um, Alan Johnston. God, what a player. And then for Bolton as well against us. Now, um, obviously, you're in the process of dismantling a Premier League squad and building a championship squad with not very much money. Um, so the idea of a star player is far-fetched because as soon as you get a star player, someone's going someone's gonna to take them. I mean, I would have said McGeady after the um, after the Ipswich game, after he banged one in from, from 25. Yours. What what became of Watmore? Watmore really unfortunately played five games because yeah I'd agree with you we all really love Duncan Watmore he's definitely good enough for this level probably the Premiership if he just gets his composure a bit better but he was out for like a year I think almost exactly twelve months with a, a cruciate knee ligament injury he came back in five games and did it again so he's out for another twelve months wow yeah real shame super shame because he's a, he's a great lad as well uh, Paddy McNair is another one that's had he had a knee injury he's came back. And I actually don't know what the hell's happened to Paddy McNair. I've just remembered it because we mentioned about knee injuries, but uh, Paddy McNair's another one who's shown flashes of having something. I don't know what, because um, he doesn't really 
really look like a footballer, but but Watmore was the big miss. And, and I think Coleman would have had plans for Watmore, but the game that he was more or less confirmed, I think it was the game before or something like that, um, it con- got confirmed he was going to be out for at least 10 months. And I think that's why he's brought in Kazenga Lawalawa. He wants to play him in the middle. did actually destroy us for <clears throat> Brighton at the start of mm-hmm. last season down the left wing he had a great game against us Lua Lua, so I um, don't know much about him to be honest yeah he's um, I, I can just describe most wingers in the world can you know if you get them the ball and they're they're at it can destroy people but it's hard to get a winger in a 4-2-3-1 as well like everyone seems to play now it's hard to get them on the ball wide one-on-one consistently and I think as well because no one plays two strikers anymore yeah. um, there's just never the space the defenders can always you know, it's always one guy up front and, you know, I think two up front and wingers will come back at, at some point because it's all cyclical. But yeah, I think four two three one's destroyed the kind of notion of the um, Chris Waddle know. type. I don't know what we play. We just stick people <laughs> the ball and hope we get a clean sheet and one of the young boys sticks one in. But um, <laughs> thanks again. Good chatting to you again, Ben. Thanks for coming You're on. You're very welcome, Graham. Um, I'm going to be returning the favour because I enjoyed it last time um, an awful lot and you were my first thought for it. Um, if you want to listen to Ben's Ipswich podcast, which I'll probably be on and have been on already, it's the Blue Monday podcast. And what what is the... What is the Twitter handle? Is it the Blue Monday podcast? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's at Blue Monday ITFC. If you just type in Blue Monday podcast, it will appear. And yes, we'll. Um, I don't know when which one's going to make it to air first, but there'll definitely be um, one with less of me talking and more of Graham um, before the weekend. And then we'll have our review show on YouTube and on Acast and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, that will go up on Sunday at some point. And well worth listening to. I don't mean to sound like an ass kiss but it is there's a very many bad podcasts out there and yours is not one of them so I very much recommend people checking it out but thanks very much for being on Ben um, you're very welcome stay in touch my friend and I always say this I hope you absolutely hate your day on Saturday and you get stuff do, um, do, do you know what sorry just real quick I've got to work in Marlow until 1.45 on Saturday so I'm actually going to Reading versus Millwall instead of <laughs> Sunderland versus Ipswich so I'll be following on my phone well I hope I hope you want to smash the phone the end of it but I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take a 1-1 I think I might agree with you on the prediction yeah. I'll give a 1-1 but anything but a defeat would be nice because I haven't seen something win for over a year in the flesh there you go um but yeah so um yeah thanks for coming on Ben um to everyone listening thanks again for tuning in I know I get depressed every week you know I did, they didn't ask me to be positive and it's very hard to be positive but I hope like you know, we have done a few times this season. I've said that's hope for three points and I've came back and we've had them in the bag. Other times we've been twatted. It's kind of how we've gone. But let's hope some of the new boys can pick us up. The, the young boys obviously want to be here. We've got the right man in charge. I keep saying this every week, but please, God, just keep the faith if you can. I hate I hate saying that because it's so cheesy, but that's all we have. Oh, we got to live our end. Oh, we <laughs> got to keep the faith. Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> Sorry. That kind of works. No, great end. Perfect. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Lovely stuff. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.